Welcome back to Round Guy Radio as the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa presents the scoreboard show. Uh, we had the greatest game of the year, at least from what I could see. I was watching it, uh, and our guest here, Andy Kretzinger, was watching it. Uh, the Mount Pleasant at Burlington game. Uh, Andy, what what this game was fantastic. Well, to let, let our listeners know a, a little bit about what happened here. Yeah, it was. So I was um, I was actually at the girls game in Mount Pleasant because we just cover the home. But there, but it got over in time to watch the end of the game, and we were just all huddled around there, uh, you know, on the on the court watching the end of this one. And um, Burlington took it fifty six fifty four on a game winning three pointer by Christos Consavelos, <laughs> I think is how you pronounce the name. Um, and uh, you know, um, Mount Pleasant was up. Uh, one point, uh, Burlington had just, uh, given up a point on a lane violation. And so Burlington was up one in the closing seconds and, uh, Mount Pleasant's, uh, Peyton Higgins got fouled off the ball and it was a one and one with about four seconds left, about four and a half seconds left and drained both. And so Burlington only had four seconds to get the ball up and they, uh, they threw it ahead. They got it about to half court, didn't even get it to half court and called timeout. I think they probably wanted to get it over a little bit, but, um, I don't know who was inbounding the ball, but um, the uh, Christos uh, Con- <laughs> Consavelos um, dashed out to the corner. He had a guy right on him, but it was a perfect pass from the from the inbounds, and he just faded away, uh, put it up, and, and drained it at the buzzer. So another classic between uh, Burlington and Mount Pleasant. I've had a few like that the last couple of years. Well, uh, what is it about this uh, Southeastern Conference that is just – you know, everything is just all crazy and all the teams yeah. can beat each other and every game goes, every every game is a battle. And uh, this game was a battle from the time they tipped it off. Yeah, it was. And uh, that's a good question because the Southeast Conference right now for the last two or three years now has been like this. And it used to not be. Uh, I When I first got here, Keokuk and Fort Madison were way better than everybody else. And uh and then Mount Pleasant won uh, three straight championships and never lost a game in, in those um, runs. And then uh, Fairfield went undefeated the the next year. And so um, Washington's taken the last three, but um, it, it's just kind of been uh, one of those things where between Mount Pleasant, especially Mount Pleasant, Burlington, Washington, and, and Fairfield, those four teams could all beat each other. It's a, it's pretty much 50-50 no matter, you know, no matter what, uh, wh- which of those four are playing against each other. The girls is the girls has a similar thing like that with three or four teams where there's just not one overwhelming favorite and uh, you know now um, Burlington Washington and Mount Pleasant are all three and one Mount Pleasant still has to play Fairfield uh, so I think the you know I would say that Burlington and Washington are not in the driver's seat but probably in a little bit of better position because Mount Pleasant still has Fairfield twice and um, they they'll play the Lee County teams and Fort Mass and Keokuk are both young you know not not quite up to snuff as far as you know, they'd have to play a really good game to upset one of these other four. So I think it's going to be uh, between those four, and I think every single time one of those four plays, it's going to go right down to the wire. Well, do uh, you got anything else to say, or do you have any statistics on this game? It turned out to be a Burlington uh, victory, 56-54 to 54 on a three-pointer that just hit uh, as the buzzer was going off, and uh, uh, the, the crowd just went nuts. I thought that roof yeah, was coming yeah. off the building, wasn't you? Well, I'd say so. The so stats for Mount Pleasant: uh, Peyton Higgins had 19, Aiden Ashton 15. He's been playing really well lately. And then Nate Stroud, their big guy, had 10. 
uh, which he hasn't put up the, those kind of point totals uh, yet so far this year. And so he, he's looking pretty good. Uh, for Burlington, that um, uh, Consuelos, that was he only had four points before that shot. He, he had seven. Uh, Marquise Lewis, who's the, one of the best players in the entire conference and averages you know over 25 points a game and only scored 17. Um, and I'm sure he was a big reason why that play worked out because Mount Pleasant was keying on him. I thought they would just dump it down him and have you know do something inside. Nehemiah Lewis for Burlington had twelve. Um, JJ Martin had ten. So uh, I thought it was a it was a it was a real good game, and it was also a game between the coaches from Mount Pleasant and Burlington are good friends. Caleb Bakey for Burlington and Eric Rawson for Mount Pleasant. They both Caleb Bakey actually used to be the Mount Pleasant coach, and before that they were both uh, assistants uh, for Eric Rawson. So those state tournament teams. Um, they were assistants side by side, so they're pretty good friends. So it's a nice little friendly rivalry between those two, and uh, yeah, and it's uh, so far Aki's had the best uh, of them um, the last couple of years, but uh, we'll see what happens when they come in at Mount Pleasant. Well, Burlington has beat big schools in Dubuque and Iowa City and Cedar Rapids, uh, and then they come into the, the the teams that you think they should be able to beat uh, uh, the Mount Pleasants, the Washingtons, the Fairfields, and Fairfield and Mount Pleasant played them real tough, and uh, Washington. Uh, uh, was able to come out on top of them. Uh, that's just it. Just goes to show that this this is a great conference, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I, another thing I'd say, yeah, Washington really controlled that game against Burlington. Um, and also Fairfield played them well without JJ Lane's is Fairfield's. You know, they've got two guys that score a bunch of well, really three guys. But he's one of their best players, and he was sick, probably with the same stuff I have right now. <laughs> um, and so they played the hit without one of their best players, Burlington, close. So when they're healthy, they're right. Those guys, could, Fairfield could could win it. I would have said that they were the favorites coming in because they had so much le- uh, coming back. But Mount Pleasant really has a ton of depth. They probably have more depth than anybody. Um, and and so uh, and Washington, you know, they're they're the defending champions, and they're got Ethan Patterson, and they're bigger. So everyone has their own little advantages. But uh, I, I I can't see one team, you know. I would guess that all four of those teams are going to lose one more game by the time it's over. I think the winner is going to have two losses. Well, we're talking to Andy Kretzinger of the Southeast Iowa Union. Uh, Andy, if you, uh, I know you're not feeling the best, and I really appreciate you giving me a, uh, a short interview. If you have time, there's a couple of scores i just kind of like to go over with you. Uh, I watched uh, one of these games, the Washington Demons and the Fort Madison Bloodhounds, where yeah. Washington came out to a 57-37 winner. Uh, Fort Madison played pretty well in spurts there, but uh, Washington Demons continue to kind of lose one, win one. Uh, what, what do you yeah, think of this game? They do that every time, don't they? And, and you know, Fort Madison has, against Mount Pleasant too, the first half of Fort Madison stuck right in there. So they show little spurts where they can, you know, it's just that, you know, it's just they just have to play a complete game. And, you know, Keokuk too, they have some pretty younger talent, but it's just when they're younger teams and you're going against older teams like the four that we mentioned, it just, you know, it's tough to keep them down for four quarters. And, you know, Washington was a big favorite in that. And uh, Washington still has to play uh, Keokuk, I believe, to close out the conference, um, the first round of the conference. And Washington's looking pretty good. I mean, they were a couple shots away from beating Mount Pleasant, so they could be 5-0 and just like Mount Pleasant could be. Okay, four well, I, I got somebody for the Waco game, and I got somebody for the Fairfield game. But uh, real quick, uh, Wapolo and uh, Hillcrest Academy came in there. I think Wobble represented themselves well, but they came out underneath in a 59-46 uh, score. Yeah. Um, Hillcrest Academy just a little too strong, but Wobble uh, does seem to be bouncing back. And then uh, I believe the score was 59-50, to 50, but it was a nine-point win for sure as uh, 
But why is the Muscatine beat Pekin? Yeah, man, Pekin has Pekin has only lost to, to close games and to really good teams. They're my they're kind of my sleeper a little bit. Uh, the Super Conference North is as good as it's been for a long, 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 long time, and a big you know Hillcrest is a big part of that. Uh, obviously, Waco and Montreal Union are the top two in that uh, conference, but. Uh, yeah, it's shaping up to be. There's a little more separation, but so they play that uh, shootout between the South and the North every year, and usually the South just just kind of rolls as far as total games wise. And I think that the North, I think that the North is gonna um, is gonna really give them a fight this year. It should be really fun. Well, uh, yeah, uh, Pekin has lost to EBF, I think, and uh, Winfield Mount Union, and uh, maybe Waco or something like that. I don't know who they played, but the, uh, it's all in. The Wise and Muscatines, uh, they're they're really having a good season too, and they're a two A school. So, yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, there's not there's not much of a bottom for the Super Conference North. Everybody's got some talent. Well, I'm looking forward to the a game they got coming up against Sigourney and Sigourney. That's a round guy game of the week that we're looking at. Well, Andy, I don't want to keep you any longer because I know you're not feeling the best, and uh, I know how hard it is to, to fight through that crud. Uh, is there <laughs> anything else you wanted to mention about anything? No, just uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, sorry, I, I reschedule on you twice because <laughs> this stuff, uh, everyone's healthy because it comes out of nowhere. I, I wouldn't have thought. Last night I, I went to bed feeling like a million bucks, and then uh, about 1 a.m. I woke up feeling like negative a million bucks. So hopefully I'll kick it, and I got plenty of time because there's not any games for a while. Well, I, I, I hope uh, uh, 10 minutes of talking about basketball made you feel a little better, or at least yeah, like you're being a little awesome. productive today. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, thanks for being with us, Andy. And uh, I'm going to keep keep this wrapping up. I've got a, a couple more. I got Nathan Pierce. He's going to talk about the uh, uh, Fairfield Kyoto game, and uh, we got a guy coming on to talk about Waco. So stick awesome. around, and we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll get you wrapped around the league here pretty quick. Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. As the Packwood Locker presents high school basketball, and uh, the Smithburg Ottawa Fairfield Iowa presents uh, Fairfield Trojan basketball specifically. And we have the guy to do that, the voice of the Trojan, Nathan Piercy of KMCD, who just called uh, uh, the game in Keokuk. Uh, Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, we're going to try and uh, we had a few people staged around uh, uh, the area watching some games, and uh, we wanted to kind of get to uh, the bird's eye view of, since this is basically the last game uh, of the year, uh, the last day of games anyway, uh, well, Nathan, uh, 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 kind of a hard-fought game. Uh, let our listeners know what happened and uh, uh, how the Trojans were able to, to fight off a big charge from the the Kyoto Chief or the Keokuk Chiefs uh, uh, to uh, hold on for a nice rebound win for you. Yeah, coming off that loss against Burlington, I I, I could sense there was a little frustration from this Fairfield squad as. Uh, they're, you know, not looking too hot in the Southeastern conference right now. So, uh, they came out in this game, they started firing, um, I believe got out to about an eight or a nine Oh run to start, uh, the, uh, the game really and got off strong and then were able to kind of hold on. The first half was very good for Fairfield, even though they actually got into some foul trouble, um, I thought there was some ticky-tack things called, but uh, Coach Flattery was very candid to post-game saying that his team was just uh, not doing things correctly. And Fairfield saw themselves with 13 fouls in the first half, Dakia Cucks four. 
but they also went in with a, a pretty big lead, and they just kind of kept rolling from there. Early in the game, it was <laughs> Kate Allen and Sam Wheaton doing most of the scoring and got the thing started for them, and then everybody else kind of fu- fell in and uh, ended up, by the end of the game, Trojans won 62-56, and uh, four different players for the Trojans were in double figures. That's the first time that they've had more than two this year. Well, uh, you had a pretty good lead there. Uh, I was watching, you know, score was like 48-24, you know, I was thinking we're about doubling them up there, you know, and then uh, kind of uh, uh, seemed like it was like 34-36 to 50, you know. Uh, yeah, and then I uh, uh, was checking in on some other scores and stuff. Thought you had the game pretty much in hand, but uh, what was the deal with Keokuk? That they really uh, uh, charged hard, particularly in that fourth quarter, almost. Yeah, they did, and uh, it was a lot of really good uh, three-point shooting. Uh, Diego Garcia is one of the guys that was were very good. Britton Horn as well, and Blake Chase hit a few threes, uh, as well as Tremel Smith. He hit, he hit one or two as well. So. They got hot from beyond the arc. You know, Fairfield was was kind of guarding the paint a little bit more as Keokuk likes to drive and dish a lot and really do a lot of driving. So they forced him to shoot the threes, and Keokuk was just hitting tonight and made things pretty close. You know, Fairfield ended up winning by eight. uh, But, you know, Keokuk just got hot from beyond the arc, especially in the fourth quarter, and uh, made the game a lot more interesting than what uh, head coach Mick Flattery of the Trojans probably would have liked. Well, you guys have had a lot of battles right down in the last few minutes, and I think uh, uh, some of the, the the games in the trenches earlier in this season toughened you up to to uh, withstand that charge, and and you got out of there with a win, and that's a, a pretty great. How, how about uh, uh, Max Wheaton? How did he? Uh, he seems to just be dominating. Well, how how did he do tonight? Yeah, you know he he was uh, he was himself. He he played his game. Uh, Keokuk did a nice job limiting him at times. He, uh, he, I, I think this, I, I'm not entirely sure. This may be the lowest amount of points he scored in a game as he finished with 12. And then I had him for 10 rebounds. I don't know what the official uh, stats are going to look like. So he's teetering on the edge of a double, double. If he does, that <laughs> continues his streak of having a double, double in every single game. Um, but he played, he played a good game and something that, I think something that helped with him tonight is the fact that he had help. He didn't, the team didn't have to rely on him so much to where he had to do everything. Like I mentioned earlier, they had four guys in double figures and that's the first time that that's been more than two this year. And I think when you get that type of production from this team, it really opens everything up and it will actually allow him to do even more because he doesn't have to have all the focus on him. Well, it seems like the last couple of games you guys have had some players down with the flu. Is that kind of uh, in the rearview mirror now? Uh, hopefully. It seemed like the Trojans had a pretty full roster, at least from their their varsity guys who they, they tend to rotate in. Um, you, you know, we saw the bench guys of Riley Perkins, Cooper Plonsky, uh, Isaac Harris got some time in there as well. Uh, so you, you saw their, their normal substitutions coming in and, and playing pretty well. And so it looked like it. I believe this might have been the healthiest that they have been all season long. You know, J.J. Lane was back in there, and and he actually led the team in scoring with 14 at point guard there. So we're hoping so. Uh, Fingers crossed. Tate Allen came up a little banged up at one point in the game. 
Uh, Sam Wheaton toward the end there took a little shot to the knee, so hopefully he'll be okay. Uh, so, yeah, I think in terms of health, I think this team is getting healthier, and hopefully that means that they will, uh, you know, start playing more games like this and, and get back in it here in this very tough Southeastern Conference. Well, yeah, I think you guys are missing Hunter Shakini too, a little bit, are you? Yeah, you know, he got hurt a pretty bad injury uh, back in football season, week three, I believe it was, at a Tumwa. Um, given the severity of his injury, I don't see how he would be able to play in uh, the, this basketball season. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to. You know, I've, I haven't been here very long, but I do know Hunter is a great kid. Um, it's a senior year, and you hate to see someone you know like that and with that much talent go down with injury. So, hopefully, he can get in. I don't, I don't see, given the severity of his injury, that he does. But at the same time, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Well, maybe you can get around and play some baseball. That might be his best sport. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I could see where he might be ready in time for baseball. Um, I don't know about that being his best sport. I thought he had a really good chance at, at being at least all district when it came to running back. But I think he had a chance. Oh, but obviously we'll never know when it came to the football season. Well, uh, he's talented in every sport that he plays. And I know yeah. he would have been a big addition to your basketball team this year. And uh, 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 another kid that sorely missed uh, as the Trojans have kind of a tight knit bunch of guys at JJ Lane and, Tate Allen and Max Wheaton and, you know, uh, Shikini would have been that fourth musketeer. <laughs> but, right, yeah. Uh, uh, you guys uh, are, are still, you know, you're still, uh, you're banging around in there. You're, you're not clear out of anything. This is a big conference win for you. Uh, well, uh, give me a player of the game and then give me a beyond beautiful benches off the bench player of the game. Uh, yeah, so player of the game, I think I'll have to give to J.J. Lane. He led the way with 14 points, um, doing really everything. I had him down for, I think, five or six rebounds. So uh, as a point guard, you don't see that many rebounds at times. And he was really controlling the game. Uh, if I want to do an honorable mention, I'd say Tate Allen. He was he stepped up and played well, especially early on in the game. Um, it really got the team kind of going, put him on his back early. And then a bench player, I could give him Isaac Harris. He, he came in. Uh, he had five points off the bench, but played great defense. Was able to get uh, get some boards in, and and played well down low when when they had to take when you know when you take some of those big guys like Max Wheaton out to get a breather or Sam Wheaton. Uh, Isaac Harris comes in, and he's another one of those guys who's, who's kind of had a tough career in all sports, given injury and everything. So it's good to see him be able to contribute and and sell out for his senior year as much as he has. Well, you've got a, uh, um, you've had a, a, you know, you got a lot of talent, and uh, we're about halfway. I think we're at the halfway point now, aren't we? I, I don't know because of how full the January schedule is. I'm not sure exactly where the halfway point lies, but they do have this big holiday break. I know they're going to get about four or five days off before getting back in, and then a week from Thursday, Fairfield has a scrimmage at their place and then they get back to work on that first Monday. I believe it's January 2nd, maybe Jan no, it's January 2nd. They face Centerville uh, before getting that rematch with Washington on the 6th. Well, uh, let me ask you a little something about that Diego Garcia. Uh, 
we, we paid a lot of attention to him in the football season. He seemed to get almost all of their points. Well, a big chunk of their points. Uh, uh, he seemed like a tremendous uh, wide receiver that was able to jump up and get balls in football. Looks like a, tr- uh, a kind of guy that translates into a really good basketball player. What do you think of him? Yeah, you know, he started the game actually slow. I think the Trojans really focused on him. And through three quarters, I believe he only had four or five points, but then turned it on in the fourth quarter. He was hitting some threes, finished the game with 16, not leading the way for Kia Cuck as uh, Britton Horde had 22, I believe. Uh, but, yeah, Diego Garcia, he's a he's a very good athlete. You know that uh, he's had some battles with some of these Trojans. I saw him having a conversation with Tate Allen after the game uh, for one. And just, you know, both of, these, both of those guys really compete hard. And Diego Garcia is is I believe he's a junior this year, so he's still got another year, and he is a very good athlete. And I won't be surprised if he move, moves on to play one of his sports at the collegiate level at some level. Yeah, uh, uh, he's a big part of a kind of a resurgent Keokuk uh, uh, team. I think there's a lot of effort, a lot of uh, uh, they seem to be pretty close to uh, uh, turning things around up there, aren't they? Yeah, you know, uh, he's their lone junior uh, on in their starting lineup. The rest of their starting lineup was sophomores. So if you look at that alone, they, uh, they're they going to be a good team here moving forward. It's just kind of uh, take take your licks type of things. But, you know, you can never count them out. And and that's, you know, we talk, we've, you and I have talked about this, and I've talked about this with other people as well, is that that's what this Southeastern Conference is really looking like, is that all six teams in this conference – you can't count them out because they, they have good athletes. They have a, a, a well, well-run well system, and it's anybody's conference. You know, I know a couple teams have struggled. Fairfield is, is – you can count them as one. As, as they come out, you know, I believe now we're we have, we're two and two in the conference. But this conference is a very tough one, and I think the one thing that that's going to hurt is when it comes playoff time because no matter – where, where you look at, all these teams have to play each other, so that's going to r- kind of bring down the record. So maybe a team like Washington or Burlington or even Mount Pleasant who's playing better, they are going to get a lower seed when it comes playoff time because all six of these teams are going to be battling it out so hard, and this conference is going to be is, is so deep. Well, uh, you, well the, the one thing you definitely got going with the every night, one of these teams is going to be knocking the other ones off. Uh, uh, Washington got ahead, uh, handled Fort Madison pretty handily, but, uh, Burlington and Mount Pleasant played maybe the game of the year, uh, as Burlington, uh, hit a three pointer with, uh, less than, well, as the buzzer went off, they, they called a timeout with 2.7 seconds and got the ball down the corner and just threw up a three pointer and it just sank, you know, as the buzzer is going off and, uh, the gym went nuts, but boy, that Mount Pleasant team, now they look really dangerous. Uh, Washington seems to win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Uh, uh, so I don't think two and two is all that bad of a, uh, uh, a place to be uh, in in this record because all these teams, you know, Washington beat Burlington, you know. So, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's crazy out there. You got the, you got the, the conference with the action. To maybe the most action. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely could be, and uh, it's going to be a great year for basketball. Well, uh, 
the Louisa Muscatine uh, uh, was able to win, uh, to get a nine-point win over uh, Pekin tonight. Pekin Panthers brought to you by the uh, brought to you by uh, Hinshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, and uh, uh, Eichelberger Farms uh, presents Waco Warriors, and they just won big over. I don't have a final score on that, but uh, they went to Lone Tree and really took care of business. They just look phenomenal as they do every time. You know, if you ever have to do play-by-play, what's hard about doing play-by-play with uh, Waco is half the time you're speechless. You know what I mean? They just do things, so many things, and they can score so quick on you. I mean, they were playing Sigourney the other night, and I think four times in a row they stole the inbound pass and scored. You know, I mean, they just yeah. literally just took the ball and scored and took the ball and scored and took the ball. And scored. You know, that happens to you three, four I times still, in a row and you're, you're beat. You know what I mean? I, I still I still think that would be easier than calling a uh, game for Washington when you have the, the six triplets. Yeah. So you're, so you're sitting there trying to decipher which six triplet is which and they all look alike. So good luck trying to figure that out. Seems like it doesn't matter which one they use. They're all great. Yeah, that's and that's the tough part about Washington. You know, you combine those three with a great athlete like Ethan Patterson that they've got there, and that's why Washington, I believe, is is toward the is the at the top or toward the top of this conference, and why they've won it the last three years. You know, they've gotten a lot of good play, and uh, those three or four is is a lot to do with it as well. Well, it's just nice. So, uh, before I let you go, uh, can you tell me? A little about maybe some of these matchups in January that that uh, we're going to get a chance to see the trophies. Yeah, you know, like I mentioned, Fairfield starts off with uh, Centerville on Monday the second. Then on that Friday they go to Washington. It's a boy-girl doubleheader, and then you know I, I don't remember off the top of my head what's coming up after that, but I do know I believe that following Tuesday we'll get our first look at Mount Pleasant and a lot of games coming up in January that are in the conference. And so it's going to be an exciting time. You know, I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The Southeastern conference is, is, is going to be anybody's. It is a dog fight every single night. And we'll see, we're going to see a lot of that come January and February and uh, could come down to the wire. It could come down to those last couple of games in February to decide who gets the conference title, but it's going to be a fun year. Well, the season's going by at a breakneck speed. I can't hardly believe how much of it's already gone by. But there's always great action. And uh, uh, thanks for uh, spending a little bit of your drive time uh, home with us. And uh, you did a great job on the towers. You could, you, you changed towers pretty smoothly. We uh, barely had a tick with your phone uh, signal. So that was, that was a plus. As it, it's uh, uh, been a pleasure talking to you all year about the Fairfield Trojans, and uh, congratulations on a conference win. <laughs> Thank you, and uh, thanks for having me. All right. Welcome back to Round Guy Radio's Eichelberger Farms present Waco Warrior Basketball. We have a, a new guest uh, to the sports part of the program, and that's John Bain, who uh, went to uh, uh, see uh, the Waco Warriors play over last couple uh, uh monday night uh welcome to the program john thanks dave well uh i just as the scoreboard show here uh we saw waco monday night uh beat sigourney 82 to 35 and then they went up to lone tree and won 72 to 29 uh 
Uh, what did you think of the Waco Warriors? Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Uh, from the start of the game, first of all, for the Lady Warriors, they were impressive too. I got to see uh, most of the second half of their game before the boys' game, and boy, what a what a good good group they are as well. But yeah, those uh, young men of Waco on the basketball court are, are very impressive. From the moment they came out in the warm-ups to when they got in that huddle and did that crazy thing they do in that circle there. And, uh, you know, the other team's looking at them like, whoa. I mean, they're just an impressive force to watch. They are intimidating from just stepping out on the court, aren't they? Yeah, very much so. Well, uh, um, Isaac Bruns of Sigourney uh, had a spectacular second half for Sigourney, but uh, uh, the just the whole Waco team was just uh, off the charts. Who, uh, do you remember some of the players you were kind of impressed with? or? Well, of course, Hunter Hughes is just phenomenal. He's a great leader out there on the court. To watch him was was uh, really really cool. Uh, Colton Leakey, Cody Graber, those guys were really on it. And I think it was Cody that uh, we got to see dunk the ball. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he and he's such a big force out there. What do you think of his rebounding abilities? Oh, awesome! I mean. You know, he was right there, and uh, Sigourney didn't have much of a chance. I mean, the guy, he's a tall, tall guy, and he was where he needed to be and uh, um, just really had had great control and poise out there. It was it was fun to watch. And what was also fun for me to watch was uh, seeing some of the other kids uh, that are a little deeper in the bench that got out there that night and uh, really impressed with uh, Noah Freed and uh, – Cole Hildebrand, just to name a couple. Uh, boy, uh, Noah, he hit a three-pointer at one point late in the game, and it was like, my gosh, these guys, they're going to break 80 points here, and they, they sure enough did. And then Cole Hildebrand, man, what a hustler. I mean, he did his thing out on the football field this past season, you know, going to the state championship as center for the, uh, for the Waco Warriors in football. But, boy, he was out there hustling – Monday night, uh, just just fun to watch. The whole team was fun to watch. Well, uh, Cole, uh, last stand, Hildebrand, uh, he was the the Beyond Beautiful Benches off the bench player of the game. Just did you feel the electricity from the whole crowd when he stepped on the court? Yeah, yeah, I sure did. And he, he just hustles so hard. He's a really great. He scored at least three times, maybe four times. I couldn't remember, but he he just a big presence. They were getting the ball to him and. Uh, yeah, he's a big man. He makes a, a, a lot of room. But, uh, well, uh, if someone out there listening to your voice uh, lives in the Waco area and hasn't had a chance to go out and uh, see this team, uh, uh, give them a reason to go. You're going to see a group of uh, gentlemen that, uh, I don't know, it's kind of it's it's kind of one of those groups that you don't see every year. You get to a point where you see a, a group come together that's been working together for a number of years, and everything's hitting on all eight cylinders, so to speak, and this is their season. And if you want to see something special, I encourage you to get out there. I my, That was my first uh, Waco basketball game to get to ever. 
I've been to some football games in the past, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I told you the other night, I said, I'm going to be coming back and watching these guys. And the girls, too. The, they just The ladies just did a wonderful job, too. And It's really this uh, Waco boys basketball team, though. Uh, they've really got it, got it together. Uh, it's just you, you just see in them and, and all the, the individuals on the team and the coaches that they've got business to do, and they get their job done. And I don't think that uh, losing a game is even thought about. They they're they're there to win and they play like it. Yeah, they're classy too, aren't they? I very. Mean, I mean, very good sportsmen. Everybody plays their that? role. It's a it's a terrific experience and uh, really enjoyed. Uh, that was actually my first time seeing the. I've seen some football games there, but I, I hadn't been in the gym. But it's a big gym, and it, it's got more seating than most gyms. But the place is just packed, isn't it? Yeah, and. You know, uh, for both teams, for uh, Waco and Sigourney, very few fouls in that game. Yeah, it's just a well-played. You'll see basketball played well, played hard. Uh, you'll see, you'll just see a full-court press that you just wouldn't see anywhere but in a college. Uh, so the team is just works so well together, and everybody knows their roles, and there's a lot of substitutions, which I kind of like that. Do you? I do. I, I mean... <clears throat> For me, I just think that's great when you can use the whole your whole personnel and those boys that are working just as hard as every starter that are out there all week long in practices and everything else. They're getting their opportunities to, to be in the game, too. Well, it, was, was, it just it was really neat to see. This was the first night that uh, we got to see Shula Simeon Reichenbach, and he did not disappoint either. That kid is no. just an amazing athlete, isn't he? Yes, yes, and... I, just, I mean, these guys just hustle. If you want to see uh, see a group of young men that work hard and have a, all are focused on the same goal, uh, these Waco Warriors got it together. Well, uh, this is the, the last uh, uh, scoreboard show of the year. We wrapped it around with guys that were at a lot of games. Uh, thank you, John, for being with us. You did an excellent job of uh, uh, of uh, we're going to have to bring you back into more of this sports coverage. Uh, thanks for well, being thanks. with us. Thanks for listening to the first half of the year. Uh, there, there isn't any more games until into January, but I hope you're all having a great uh, uh, holiday season. And uh, want to thank uh, all the sponsors. I want to thank uh, Aveda Salons there in Coralville. I want to thank uh, and uh, Physical Therapist Services in Kelowna for helping us out with the Kyoto Eagles. Uh, want to thank Eichelberger Farms for helping us with the uh, Waco Warriors. I want to thank Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, for helping us with the coverage of uh, Pekin Panthers. I want to thank Smithburg Auto of Fairfield, Iowa, for helping out with the Fairfield Trojans. I want to thank uh, uh, Brothers Market, uh, helping us with the Sigourney Savages. And uh, uh, I think that's a... a the sponsors of that and the Packwood Locker of Packwood Eye for presenting all of the high school basketball. John, uh, uh, our sponsors are, are a big part of our program, aren't they? They sure are, and we uh, we, we really appreciate uh, the fact that they do sponsor Round Guy Radio. Uh, they obviously see the value of uh, being a part of what uh, we've got going on, and we hope we're not going to let anybody down. We're going to keep that content coming and uh, quality content and 
we wish them a happy and Merry Christmas. And all of you folks listening on Round Guy Radio, Merry Christmas. Well, we're going to get a, a caught up on all the coaches' interviews. It's real tough to get them during the season because they got two, three, four games a week practices and, and uh, film to watch and everything. So they just don't have as much time like in the football season where we get a lot of them. But we're going to just stick around and we're going to broaden the scope back out again. And I'm going to try and work find some ways to get more scores to you, but uh, happy new year, Merry Christmas. And uh, I really hope your families are all safe and sound and have a wonderful time. And we'll get right back to some live basketball starting in January.